your daily dose of all things Gamecocks on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Here's J.C. Sherbert. It's the morning monologue from Inside the Gamecocks podcast. J.C. Sherbert here with you. A little late getting this up today. And uh, as you guys know, if you listened to the show yesterday, been under the weather, needed that uh, extra couple hours of sleep to kind of get right for today. Uh, but the fever broke, and uh, I think I'm feeling uh, close to 90, maybe 70. Let's go 70%. Excuse me for the, the snuffles and the scratchy voice, though. I uh, wanted to talk to you today quickly uh, about Spencer Rattler, South Carolina's uh, starting quarterback for this coming season. Uh, I've been talking uh, on the show about uh, something I had to say about him, uh, and uh, I think it's time for me to say it. Um, I understand that in the history of this program, South Carolina has signed very few five-star quarterbacks. Uh, I think, really, Rattler may be the only one out of high school in the modern recruiting era. Uh, I think Todd Ellis probably would have been a five-star had they had that. I don't know about Anthony Wright. Uh, there was a player named Keith Madkins that didn't really work out that uh, the Gamecock signed out of North Carolina that was highly rated. You know, Blake Mitchell was a solid four. Savelle Newton was a four. Uh, you know, you kind of look around and uh, it's just been few and far between, you know, some of the best quarterbacks in school history have not been highly rated like Connor Shaw, uh, you know, Dylan Thompson is a record setter and there's a big question as to whether or not Gamecock should even take it. Uh, certainly Jake Bentley would have probably been a little bit more highly rated had he stayed in school, high school and, and come out with his class. Uh, but he still, I think was top, uh, Top 150, something like that. Luke Doty was top 100. Uh, Doty's actually one of the more highly regarded uh, rankings-wise quarterbacks that uh, Carolina's ever signed uh, in the modern era. Garcia, of course, was highly rated, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so I understand that. And I understand with that becomes expectation, you know, comes expectations. I understand that when you're a Heisman Trophy candidate, uh, as Spencer Rattler was in 2021, you can, uh, you know, you can – you know, expectations come with that, right? Uh, and and I, I wanted to say this. I, I think that some of the folks, and, and, and there's things that bother me uh, about the Spencer Rattler narrative, and then there's things that don't. So the, the first thing that bothers me is this whole notion that, uh, you know, South Carolina somehow does not have any kind of playmakers on offense. You know, it, it's just going to be on Rattler. Uh, he's going to have to win the games himself, that type of thing. I, I just don't think that's true. Now, could we have been severely overrating guys like like we sometimes do around here? And, and I'm guilty of it just like everybody else. Uh, yeah, you know, because you're judging everything on how everybody's doing in practice. Uh, and basically, you know, it's, it's hard to predict what happens in the games because games are a different animal. And I've said many times recently, there's no preseason in uh, college football. We all know that. There's no scrimmages. There's no live action against an opponent. So, so you just don't know. I mean, you just kind of can – it's not necessarily – it's an educated guess, but it's not a big guess. Uh, but it's not a factual kind of thing, and you can go X plus Y equals Z. It, it, it's speculation. You know, so so my thing is, is, is that I think if people would look at it <laughs> – uh, there's a chance really beyond Rattler to have a pretty good offense. I mean, you, you do have, uh, even if you're what I call stargazers, you know, who, who sit out there and, you know, if you're a four-star, you're great. If you're a three-star, not so much. If you 
go read Hale McGranahan's uh, series right now. He's got on the big spur, I think, his VIP, where he interviews a bunch of recruiting analysts. Uh, you'll see there's not, you know, a big difference between 89 and 90. That, that, that's not the the gulf that people think. There are too many three-star prospects these days. Uh, it used to be 17 years ago when I started at Rivals, you limited three stars, and everybody took a bunch of two stars. Well, what happened was, you know, two stars ended up getting such a negative stigma because nobody would read the the daggum, um, uh, you know, uh, interpretations, the definitions of stars. And, uh, you know, they'd go and look and go, well, two sucks. And, and it never did. Nowadays, if you want me to be honest, I, I think when you look at the rankings now, uh, 24-7 sports composite, uh, if a Power 5 school takes a two-star prospect, I'm immediately looking at that guy as a super sleeper that's going to be much better than people think because the three-star rating is just hung on everybody that goes Power 5, you know, these days. So if a Power 5 school takes a flyer on a kid that's two stars, that gets probably better than, you know, half of the three stars rated above him because they, they just don't, you know, it, it's just kind of like that. You If you sign with a Power 5 school, you get a three-star rating. That's, a, that's just kind of – how it is these days. But, you know, even if, if you look at that, we could talk rankings all day, but back to Rattler and his supporting cast, you, you know, let, let's look at this from that standpoint. You know, I, I tend to not. I tend to kind of look at it from what's he done here? You know, how's he progressing? Is he on schedule? That type of thing. But, but think about this, folks. Okay, so let's start with tight end. Okay, Austin Stogner was a top, 120 prospect out of high school, out of Texas, signed with Oklahoma, blue chip guy. Uh, injuries have kind of health, – health issues kind of slowed him down. But you can ask anybody at Oklahoma. They love the kid. They thought he was going to be great. So so there you go. There's a blue chip prospect for you. Jaheim Bell, uh, I'm convinced had he not torn his ACL as a senior at Valdosta High, he would have gotten a four-star rating. And I think just looking at – you know, the, even the bowl game aside – Last year, if you look at kind of who he is and what he does, uh, he's special. And they thought that when they flipped him from Florida, the former staff, they thought uh, they obviously thought a lot of him at Oklahoma and a lot of him at Florida State and these other places that tried to get in on him. But they didn't, and he's a Gamecock. And so that's, uh, that's a good deal there. Uh, you know, he, he, he's, he's a very valuable guy that they're going to move all over the place. Nate Adkins – Probably not a high star rated guy, but he's a veteran and he's going to remind you a lot of Pat DeMarco from a blocking standpoint. Trey Kenyon, uh, people don't realize this. He ended up as a high three star, but he was a four star receiver uh, for a chunk of the process. He was like 90, 91 uh, out of North Carolina. He's in that room as well. Um, so, you know, there's tight end. Well, let's go to receiver. Well, Josh Van was an Army All American four star guy. Uh, finally, he's playing like it, played like it last year. Uh, Juice Wells was an All-American, called 80 balls at James Madison, was a four-star transfer prospect. Uh, Xavier Leggett was not a four-star prospect, but 24-7 sports had him as a four-star. Um, Amarian Brown, not highly rated out of high school, but certainly we know what he does speed-wise. Same with Corey Rucker, not so much speed-wise, but also, uh, you know, as far as his ability, and he's another veteran that can come in there and play. I'm sure I'm forgetting Landon Sampson was a four-star prospect, Army All-American, uh, all that good stuff. So, uh, and I say Army All-American, it's not called that. And he was Adidas, uh, some, it's called the All-American Bowl. It's the game in San Antonio. 
Uh, and not Landon uh, Samson, I think, proved he belonged uh, with that one. So, you know, receivers, hey, you know, you, you got two or three that are very proven in college. Uh, and then you got some guys that have gotten better. Uh, and Joyner was a four-star prospect, be it quarterback, but he was out there, uh, up there uh, when he came out of high school. Uh, you know, the offensive line, you know, hundred and I keep saying 139 starts. Uh, Keith yesterday said 127. And I looked at it. I think I'm counting like Jazz Turnatine and maybe somebody that didn't come back with those extra 12. <laughs> so uh, 127 to 139 starts. Uh, Wanham obviously is a four-star. Tyshawn Wanamaker was a four-star for most of the process. I don't know why he dropped. Trey Jones was a four-star for 24-7 sports. He's not even supposed to start. Uh, Jovan Gunn was a four-star player. Uh, Vershawn Lee, not so much, but, you know, offensive line, you make good evaluations. Jalen Nichols uh, was a player that was a three-star guy, but uh, Tennessee kind of wanted to do with him what Georgia did with Jordan Davis and play him on defense. Uh, and then North Carolina tried very hard to flip him once Mac Brown got there. Uh, you know, so if that gives anybody any comfort, that's fine too. Running back, Marshawn Lloyd, five-star for a big chunk of the process. I think some people had him at five stars uh, up there. You know, Christian Bill Smith, uh, not so much, but he did lead Wake Forest in rushing. Uh, Rashad Amos, not so much. Juju McDowell, I think his size kept him from being a four, obviously. Uh, and then Lavoisier Carroll, top 100 guy. Little Turbo, Dante Miller, walk-on from Columbia. He's coming out of nowhere. Uh, and, and, and so there's that, you know. You have players on the offense that if you start to look at it, you know, just about all of these guys were either highly rated out of high school or they've played a lot and have a lot of experience, uh, that type of thing. Now, you know, playing a lot and having a lot of experience when you haven't played well, <laughs> that's uh, not always good. But uh, I, I think on paper, some folks are kind of missing the boat here and putting it all on Rattler. And, and, and that's the kind of stuff that drives me nuts. Because just because Rattler was uh, this hotshot quarterback recruit and did some good things at Oklahoma in 2020, uh, that doesn't – you know, that's all of a sudden the, the savior of the program. Now, do I think that Spencer Rattler is going to have a good year? Yes, I do. Uh, do I think Spencer Rattler is going to put up Oklahoma numbers? No, I don't. And, and I'll tell you why. It's because the defenses he's going to face in the SEC are fundamentally different animals than the defenses he's faced in the Big 12, especially in 2020. Uh, you know, defense kind of came back last year. Um, and while Rattler's stats were good, uh, and, and I'm not going to say he struggled, you know, he, he did lose his job. So there's a lot that's going into it, um, you know, and, and some of you heard Stephen Garcia's take on, on Spencer Rattler, and, and Stephen is uh, – a big fan of Luke Doty and, and Luke Doty's played really well. You know, he's gotten after it and that's got to be comforting for Gamecock fans because you just never know, never know what's going to happen. When you, when you talk about injuries and things like that, knock on wood, you know, you, you need a backup quarterback these days. <laughs> and uh, excuse me, with the, with the carrying uh, Joyner as well, being able to take some snaps. I think that's going to uh, give the Gamecocks a little bit of a wrinkle and Marcus Satterfield in terms of what they can do. Uh, but, you know, and Tony Burrell wrote today on our site, you know, don't get, you know, temper the expectations a little bit with Rattler. And uh, I think this is what and his source said that uh, what he's trying to say is you, you can't expect with any quarterback 
<laughs> uh, guys to be perfect. He's going to throw interceptions. He's going to miss open receivers. Uh, he's going to throw a ball every now and then that you go, what the heck? <laughs> uh, but every quarterback in the country does that. And, and I think that, you know, you can't expect an Xbox style of play from him. You know, I, I think that uh, – and I think most Gamecock fans would settle for, you know, he's way above average and one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Uh, you know, he doesn't have to win the Heisman. But uh, as far as the game-to-game game, game stuff goes, I would – I would I agree with Tony Source. You know, look, it, it, quarterbacks don't always perform at, at a perfect level. Uh, everybody – I mean, Brett Favre, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. How many interceptions that you go, what the hell? did he throw um you know but but i've seen you know the fans around here sometimes get a little bit uh upset with the qb so to speak uh and so i i, I just you know encourage everybody and i think you guys will uh to be fair uh and, and to be uh, realistic about it now i haven't seen a, a lot of craziness that, that sits there and says you know four thousand yards and 50 touchdowns or whatever uh if that happens uh make your reservations for at least Atlanta, maybe the playoff, because that's that's going to be mean that even those with the highest expectations for South Carolina uh, were way undervaluing what what's going on here. Um, you know, I also want to point out Rattler's in a new style of offense where he has to make reads, and it's a little bit more complex than, than Lincoln Riley's uh, system. Now, look, I, I'm going to be clear. Uh, I I I don't agree with and I said this a bunch last year, so I'm going to try to uh, word this in a way that uh, you guys will get. Um, I don't agree with making things too hard at the college level uh, to where, you know, it's a learning, a huge learning curve for every quarterback that comes in here. You don't have that much time these days. With the transfer portal and everything else, you don't have, you know, three or four, two or three years to develop a guy and, and get him ready to go out and, or to develop your offense where everybody's comfortable with it. And, you know, I mean, I'm willing to give it a year last season, but, uh, you know, it doesn't need to be that complex uh, to where uh, Spencer Rattler's out there struggling uh, because of the mental processing end of it. We, you know, the pros are the pros and he's got plenty of time uh, to go to the pros (laughs) and perform in those offenses. And, And I said this when Muschamp was at South Carolina because it seemed that way. This is not an NFL uh, development camp. This is a Division One Power Five Southeastern Conference football program, and uh, you know, winning as a team uh, is uh, the important thing. You know, <laughs> and uh, that helps everybody with the draft and everything else. So, I uh, I want to say that, and uh, you know, I thought that the the narrative around Rattler was a little unfair because it all it also seems like some of the national media is hanging it on his head and then saying he will fail, and 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 so okay, Rattler's not going to, so they don't have anybody else, whatever, and that's just not true. That's just not true. I, I think you saw it last year sometimes. Um, the Florida game, the North Carolina game, both come to mind. Uh, on offense where if this offense gets the run game going, it it gets difficult to stop. And I don't think just because Spencer Rattler's at South Carolina that they're trying to, you know, chunk it all over the yard. I think the idea is to still run the football and they've got the backs to do it. And hopefully the line holds up and they've got, 
you know, some new wrinkles. Like like I mentioned with Adkins, you know, you could have him as a lead blocker. You could still use the Trey Jones thing. Uh, it just depends. It just depends on all of that. So I wanted to just bring that up today. Don't forget the show uh, starts here in about an hour. Uh, sorry for, <laughs> again, the delay, but I, I figured you guys would rather me, you know, sleep a little bit, let my fever break, and then I'd come, you know, be ready for the show and whatever else on the big spur today, uh, rather than, uh, I guess, getting up, m- you know, mishmouthing it, mish- mealy-mouthing through it, and then not being 100%. So uh, that's good. You know, I'm usually only sick for like a day or two and not 100% yet, like I said, but uh, I will, uh, I can feel myself getting better. How about that? All right, this has been the Morning Monologue, uh, sponsored exclusively by Carolina Rise. Folks, get in on Carolina Rise, man. Uh, we have some uh, more signings coming up. Uh, we have, uh, we had, we have more that, that, that we're doing with Gigi Jackson from a promotional standpoint. Um, and we've got uh, a lot of good things going on. So go to carolinarise.com, carolinariseMembers.com, and sign up today. This is J.C. Sherbert. This has been the Morning Monologue from Inside the Gamecocks.